what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. What is going on, my guys, girls, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to whatever, the show where we talk about whatever. I am Cameron. And I am burdened with glorious purpose. And you are also Caitlin. I am. <laughs> how, are, how was your day? It was a fucking trip, let me tell ya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what happened? Well, I got to work and then found out that my fucking coworker got arrested last night, so... Yeah, remember you told me that earlier? Uh, like, what? What did they get arrested for? I wasn't entirely sure, because I thought I heard something about, like, a dad or something. Violating a no-contact order she didn't know she had against her. Oh. Yeah. I see. <laughs> Yeah, so I talked to her fiancé, called him, and was like, uh, what's going on, my guy? And he was like, yeah, so she's going to be MIA for the next couple days. And I was like, okay. And then he drops a bombshell on me. He's like, yeah, I already talked to Laura. And I was like, and nobody fucking bothered to call me? Like, (laughs) I literally called my district manager, and she answered the phone, and she was like, hey, Caitlin. And I was just like, bro, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, (laughs) come on, man. Why are you doing me like this? <laughs> uh, that sounds like a whole trip and a half. But on the bright side, I ended up going to another salon, which I hate working at, but whatever. I got my girl. I got my grandma's color. Fucking perfected. <laughs> so I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah, at least it wasn't all too bad. Um, if you guys didn't tell from. Kate said that she's burning with glorious purpose. The topic of today's episode is Marvel. Just anything Marvel, and mainly MCU, because that's what we have the most experience with. But yeah, just Marvel stuff. Now, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I prefer Marvel over DC. I kind of like. I kind of love thing. both. Here's the thing about that. I love them both, but for different reasons. So I feel like. Marvel, Stan Lee wanted to create, like, your afternoon, your your school kid superhero. You know what I mean? He wanted it to be, like, kind of bright and colorful and all that. DC is just dark. Yeah, so DC's a lot darker. Basically, DC is emo Marvel. It it really is. And I think that's what I like about it because I, Trish and I were talking about this the other day, but we, I like, I like the darkness of DC when I'm in the mood for, like, a killing joke type of content, like, that's what I gravitate towards. But Marvel is just, Marvel is all-around family fun. Yeah, and, like, as far as, like, live-action movies, Marvel's, you know, got the market fucking... Pretty well-saturated. Yeah. Does, uh, the DC live-action movies aren't really that great. I mean... I, lo- okay, I mean, first of all, how you, dare you? Suicide Squad was a masterpiece. Well, I was, I was, gonna, I was just about to say, except for Suicide Squad, I heard that was really good. But most of the live action DC films didn't do that great. I mean, personally, I liked a bunch of them, but a lot of them didn't do that great. I mean, like Wonder Woman was fucking top notch. I mean, I guess it depends on when you're looking at because if you go back to like the old Batman ones, like the whole Tim Burton ones. 
Oh, I was going to say like George Clooney one. Oh, the, the, I don't count that. The 1989 one, you know, Batman with Jack Nicholson's Joker and then Batman oh, Returns. Jack Nicholson, that man is... And a, a lot of people shit on Batman Forever, but I honestly really liked it. That's the one with Clooney, right? No. Oh. Clooney is Batman and Robin. Oh, yeah, Batman yeah. Forever is the one with Val Kilmer and has Jim Carrey as Riddler. Oh, yeah, yeah, I See, I like that one, though. Yeah. We ain't here to talk about DC. We're here to talk about Marvel. Yeah. Now, yeah, as far as Marvel's live-action movies, they're phenomenal. Well... They don't miss. Even in the heat of battle, motherfuckers don't miss. 95% of them are fantastic. So 5% that's not. Ooh, yeah. 5% being Thor Dark World. <laughs> really? I liked Dark World. It's, I mean... I mean, it's not my favorite, but it was okay. I'll just say, I love the other movies. I liked Thor Dark World. I mean, it was, it was good. It wasn't great. It's just, I don't know. It's universally, like, even... Looking at this thing, just have this pulled up, because we're gonna, just I wanted to talk about all the movies in order, but kind of referring to Thor: Dark World, all of these have like a Rotten Tomatoes score of like seventy or above. Thor: Dark World has like sixty six. I suppose before we get into like the whole timeline and such, uh, what's your favorite Marvel character? Did Bucky Barnes? Like just general Marvel character. Actually, it's tied between Loki and Bucky. Like, as far as, like, like not even looking at MCU, just... No, just of, overall, yeah. All right, and then MCU character. Bucky Barnes. <laughs> um, I think for me... Actually, the Winter Soldier. I was going to say, general Marvel character... General Marvel character, my favorite Marvel superhero is Spider-Man. It's, like, it's always been Spider-Man. I will say, Tom Holland is the best Spider-Man we've ever had, and I will die on that hill. But in all fairness, I do not like Tobey Maguire at all. I was going to say, my... Honestly, I liked Tom Holland Spider-Man too, but, uh... I definitely love... Because, you know, that's my first real major experience with Spider-Man, was Tobey Maguire. So, you know, I have, a, I have a love for his. I can't even he, tell you... He brought something He brought something to it, some kind of charm to it. I can't even tell you why I don't like him, just that I don't. It's just... Well, I that's, just don't like his stupid face. I, just, I don't know. I, it's something about him. Because that's a great not, reason. He's not an unattractive dude. Like, that's not what I mean. I just, like, there's something about him that just bugs me, and I don't know what it is. You think he looks like an asshole? I feel like he does, yeah. I think, and that's the thing, I th- a lot of people say that too, and he's not really an asshole. Like, the only time I've seen him yell at, like, anybody, like, paparazzi, it was, there's that famous clip where he's, Toby Aguirre's, like, pulling out of somewhere, and paparazzi's just, like, all around him, and he keeps telling him to get out of the way, and then finally he, like, swings the door open at him and yells at him, he's like, get out of the fucking road! Like, he oh. loses shit, just, I mean, I get that. I, I would lose my shit, too. I mean, no, I just, I don't if know, you have a thousand people. something about his face that I just don't like. <laughs> I just don't like his face. I well, really you, don't. You might have to get used to his face if they bring him back for the next Spider-Man. I just won't watch it. Which <laughs> oh, is the next Spider-Man is supposed to be, you know, the multiverse thing, so we might have Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield come back, which is going to be weird, but yeah. Ooh, actually, I changed, I would like to change my answer. I also very much love the Falcon. Falcon? Sam Wilson. Yeah, uh... Yeah, favorite Marvel superhero, I guess, full time is Spider-Man. Favorite MCU character, I would have to go with Thor. Either Thor or, uh, <laughs> or Drax. I fucking love Drax. 
I have mastered the art of standing so still, I become invisible to the naked eye. Well, I think Thor mainly because I love, like, the character arc. Like, he goes from, like, this talky, like... He goes like, from being a spoiled kid to, like, an actual god. Like, you see him go, like, through a bunch of stuff. Like, like he starts off talky in the first Thor... Mm-hmm. Because he's just like, oh, I'm the king, you know, blah, 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 blah. We I should always Thor fight. Odin, son. Yeah. And then he, you know, I guess that's kind of attributed to uh, Jane Foster in a way. Mm-hmm. She kind of changes him. And then, you know, he's still a little cocky sometimes, but he cares more about more about other people than himself. Mm-hmm. And then what you see in, like, uh, Infinity War, where he just, he gets really low because he feels like he failed and I feel that mm-hmm. on a hardcore level and then fat thor which i relate to fat fully. thor is my hero <laughs> so yeah i would definitely have to say um, thor. speaking of like this is completely unrelated i kind of i mean not really because it's marvel but i was thinking about falcon and the winter soldier yes and there's a line first of all i love zemo like i shouldn't but i love him Baron zemo he's so fucking funny honestly i like him too like he's one of those villains like I love, love to hate. He's like when he was like honestly, he's like if I may, and they were both like no, and he was just like quiet, and he was just like apologies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but he makes a comment to Bucky. Like he's a dude villain, and he's got a great motive too. So he makes a cut because you know when Bucky points the gun at his head and pulls the trigger and it clicks. Yeah. And then he opens up his left hand and like dumps all six rounds onto the ground. Yeah. So. I read, and maybe you told me about this, but that was Bucky's way of proving to him that, like, no, I'm not actually a killer. Well, I yeah. just did it because I was programmed to. But Zemo says to him, I took the liberty of crossing my name off your list. I hold no something for what you thought you had to do. Was Zemo on his list, or was he just making a statement? I think Zemo might have been on his list. But Why? Well, because Zemo it was the one that essentially triggered the whole Winter Soldier thing. I mean, he was already trained under the Winter Soldier thing, but Zemo kind of took control of that in Well, right, Winter to get Soldier. the information that he needed, but Bucky didn't Or no, didn't Civil really... War. Yeah, but Bucky didn't do anything to him directly. Oh, yeah, but as soon as he got involved with the thing in Civil War, as soon as he got involved with Bucky, it kind of became like a personal thing. I'm going to look at the quote now, because I don't remember what it was. Uh, Alright, while you do that, I suppose you get started with this uh, timeline list, because if you look on Disney+, Plus, there's uh, all the Marvel movies. Well, they have pretty much all of them, except for the Spider-Man ones. And there's actually a section where... I hold no grudges for what you thought you had to do. Goodbye, Z- Goodbye James, is what he says. I took the liberty of crossing my name... Crossing off my name in your book, I hold no grudges for what you thought you had to do. Okay, now I have to see this list. <laughs> yeah, they have them all in a timeline order on Disney Plus, so you can watch them in like, you know, the in the order that they occur in the timeline. So, like, first on this list would be Captain America: First Avenger because that took place in uh, God, what year am I? What year am I thinking? Basically, you know. Steve Rogers came to became Captain America during World War Two. Right. So obviously that would come first in the timeline. And then next in the timeline would be Captain Marvel, which came out in twenty nineteen. Captain America the first Captain America came out in two thousand eleven. Just I wanna clarify that just so you know how 
like far apart in some of these jump. But second in the timeline is Captain Marvel because that took place in like the nineties and that obviously follows uh Carol Danvers as she, you know because she was brought up on the planet of Kree and trained to fight uh the scroll because they were evil and they conquered all these planets. And it turns out not only were the strolls innocent and the Kree were actually the ones killing their families, but you know well, they referred to uh Carol as Veers on Kree until she found out that she actually had a life on Earth. Like she used to well, be an Air Force pilot. They referred to her as as Veers, Veers because, because they had that, that half of the dog tag. That was the other half of Danbury. That was, the, that was the end of the Danvers thing. Yeah. So they just told her Veers, which, creative. Now, my thing with Captain Marvel, like, it's a really good movie. I like it, but I just feel like it's really in your face about how 90s it is. 100%. Like, when she first crashes into, when she first crashes on Earth, she crashes she through the roof block. of a, yeah, for the roof of a blockbuster. So we were watching, we started watching them in cinematic order because I have a confession. Timeline order. Oh yeah, timeline order. Because I've only watched the Avengers movies, like I never sat down and watched Captain America, so when time came time for Endgame, and... Infinity War, everybody was like, oh, Bucky's back, and all these people are back, and I was like, who the fuck is Bucky? <laughs> like, I had no idea. You blasphemous bitch. <laughs> I know, so I had to go back and watch all the all the movies, but I will tell you, once you see all the movies in, like, timeline order, Infinity War hits so much harder, because, like, now I know these characters, and I know their backstories, and I know everything, but, um... Yeah, because if you watch it all in timeline order, a lot of stuff makes more sense instead of watching it like, you know, in going from order. going from like Iron Man two all the way back to the first Captain America. Well, yeah, because even in even in um, like I never saw any of the Black Panther anything before Infinity War. So when all of a sudden they were in Wakanda, I was like, "What the fuck is all this?" Oh, Black Panther's <laughs> like, amazing. I know, but I think there was at one point we were watching. Um, we had watched Captain America, the first Avenger, and then we were, like, halfway through Captain Marvel, and Carol said something, or maybe it was um, the daughter that said something, and you were like, we get it, it's the 90s. Oh, uh, I can't remember what I it think been. she was talking about Will, she was watching, like, Fresh Prince or something, and you're like, oh my god, we get it, it's <laughs> oh, the yeah. 90s. Oh yeah, she's like, I thought you want to stay and watch Fresh Prince with me, I'm like, we get it, it's the 90s. It was really funny. <laughs> I like the one part where she was, like, trying to look up the address, and... She had, like, well, first of all, she, like, typed really slowly. Oh, yeah, slowly. she was peck-typing. Peck she was peck-typing. Yeah. And also, one of my big uh, grievances with that, she got results, like, right away. And this like, is the 90s we're talking about. If it was truly the 90s, them results would have taken 15 minutes, and we all know that. Yeah, was like, there's no way you could get search results that quick in the 90s, because internet in the 90s was atrocious. Garbage. Yeah, for kind of... Going on with this list, so after Captain Marvel comes the 2008 Iron Man. So the very first, the first Iron Man is next in the timeline, which you know introduces to obviously you know Tony Stark and Iron Man. So I have an unpopular opinion. Yes, I like Iron Man, but the first two movies were exactly the same, and the third movie was way over the top. Well, yeah, because the first two were basically, were like, hey, this person wants to copy Iron Man. Yeah, they were, like, exactly the same. 
And the only difference is, in the first Iron Man, the person who wants to copy Iron Man was his former partner who betrayed him. And in the second one, it was fucking Mickey Rourke with tattoos. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Iron Man, yeah. Iron Man 1 and 2 are the next one. So, yeah. Captain, Captain America First Avenger, Captain Marvel, Iron Man 1 and 2. And then, <laughs> after Iron Man 2 is the, the Incredible Hulk from 2008. Now... It's been a while since I've seen that one. I have no desire to see it again. Because, I mean, honestly... one of those movies that, like... Well, first of all, when you... So, we watched them in order on Disney+. And Disney Plus did not have The Incredible Hulk. Because it's not owned by Disney. It was done by a completely different studio, I think. But it's one of those movies that, like... It was a good movie. But for me, it was like, okay, well, I've already seen it. So, I know what happens. I don't need to watch it again. Basically, what happens in that one is, you know, he becomes the Hulk and ultimately ends up fighting Abomination. Right. But I guess my main thing with uh, Incredible Hulk, why I don't like it, I think it's just because I'm so used to Mark Ruffalo's yeah. Bruce Banner. Like, because in this one, it's he's played by uh, Edward Norton. But I'm just so used to... And I love Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like he did a really good job with it. Yeah. Um, well, because... Yeah. Mark Ruffalo is so soft-spoken, and Dr. Banner is kind of soft-spoken, too. Well, yeah, because he has to, because he's learned to try to, he has to, like, watch his emotions, because mm-hmm. if he gets a little too angry, you know, he starts, he turns big and green and starts destroying everything. That's my secret, Cap. I'm, <laughs> I'm always, always angry. <laughs> but, and then, so going on with this list, after Incredible Hulk comes the first Thor movie. Which came out in, also in 2011. And basically they introduced us to everything in Thor. You know, Thor himself, Loki, Odin, all the... We find as- out Loki's actually a frost giant. Yeah, we find out that Loki... Because Loki's whole thing in the whole movie is trying to be accepted by the rest of his family. And he's obviously pissed off when he finds out that he's not actually born from Odin. That's why his last name is um, Leif's son. Leifson. Because he was born, like, he was a baby from, what, uh, Jodenheim? Jodenheim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, because even in, even in later movies, when he introduces himself, he introduces himself as, uh, Loki, rightful heir to, or rightful... Prince of Asgard. Future, Prince of Asgard, rightful king of Jodenheim. And that's, like, with Loki's whole thing, like, in that, like, I get why he did all this, you know, evil stuff, why he wanted to take out Thor, because he just wanted to be accepted. After Thor comes the first Avengers. And I will say, throughout uh, most of these, there's like a end credit scene where Nick Fury pops up and he's like, hey, I'm putting a team together. All except for Captain Marvel, because Captain Marvel, he's not like director of S.H.I.E.L.D. yet. Right. S.H.I.E.L.D. is, S.H.I.E.L.D. is barely a thing at this point. S.H.I.E.L.D. still has a long-ass name at this point. They're well, not even S.H.I.E.L.D. yet. I was going to say, they are a thing. Well, they are a thing. They're just not, like, big like they are. Because Peggy Carter, you know, from the first Captain America, she's technically started S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, she was, one of the, she was like, the first director. She and um, Howard Stark started S.H.I.E.L.D. Thank you for stabbing the plate. You're welcome. Yeah, her and uh, Howard Stark. Because Howard Stark is actually one of the people that actually gives Steve Rogers... Helps Steve Rogers get the super soldier serum. Also, can we just take a minute to appreciate 1940 Howard Stark? 1940 Howard Stark. 
with the that weird the fucking mustache. I don't even know what the mustache is tall. It's like the one where it's like two little rectangles on each side of your lip. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, 2012, the first Avengers, where we see everybody come together to uh, fend off of you know Loki, basically trying to take over the Earth. Which because- wasn't his fault. He was, there's actually a theory that I found, let me see here, but yeah, in this, Loki tries to take over Earth, and- Because Thanos sent him. Yeah, there's this theory that uh, Thanos actually corrupted Loki in Avengers. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically, it's regarding, like, Loki's, like, thoughts about Asgard and his brother, and Thanos used that and tempted him with war against, uh... Thor and Asgard. Mm-hmm. So Thanos is like, if you don't want that, you know, you gotta do this for me. And he's like, okay. And we'll get to Thanos in a little bit. The fucking giant grape himself. <laughs> the grape. <laughs> the grape ape. Um, next after that, where we already talked a little bit about Thor Dark World. Which, in that, it's basically, they, uh, there's these dark elves. They basically awaken after, like, a long sleep and try to take over... Asgard and later in the movie Earth because they kind of get pulled there and I think one of the major things that happens in this movie is that uh, Thor's mother dies mm-hmm. like she gets she gets straight up shanked and I was like does Loki I forget if Loki does anything important in this movie I think he just gets locked up for I was most of the say, movie he's locked up most of the movie although he does save <laughs> Thor's life and he dies quote unquote yeah um, he saves Jane's life yeah. Basically, Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman survives. After this, or after Thor: Dark World, is Iron Man three, which came out in two thousand thirteen, and uh, I forget what happens in that one. I think the villain in that is the the Mandarin. Um, yes. Well, it's the Mandarin, and uh, I forget his name, but he's basically him, and he corrupts all these people with like this weird power that gives them like fire. Yeah, that is ability. Mandarin. Is that the Mandarin? Mm-hmm. I thought the Mandarin was that one guy that got framed and there was somebody else involved. No, the the one guy that you're thinking of was just like the face. He was like an actor that they hired. Yeah, because there was a... That's what I remember from it. There was the guy that like basically... Oh, God, excuse me. There was the guy that they put in front of it and they were like, Hey, you know, we're going to trick Tony Stark. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, so after Iron Man 3 comes... Captain America, the Winter Soldier, which came out in 2014. One of my favorites. And in that one, it's basically Captain America having to deal with the fact that not only is Bucky still alive, but he was corrupted by Hydra. Brainwashed. Or brainwashed, whatever. Same thing. But yeah, he basically has to stop. He has to stop Bucky from basically killing everyone. And he's not completely... At the end of the movie, Bucky actually ends up saving Steve, which is where you see his, you know, b- the beginning of the change in his character. He's starting to undo the damage that Hydra did to him. Yes. Because, uh, what Hydra, what happens with Bucky is that there's a set amount of words that somebody, you know, repeats and that activates his programming. Are you looking up the I words? I sure am. But yeah, there's like a whole a group of words that somebody like says to him, and he, uh, yeah, it just puts him into a kill mode, basically. Ready to comply. Ready to comply. Yes. 
Longing, rusted, 17, daybreak, furnace, 9, 9, homecoming, 1, freight car. Watch somebody who listened to this also just be like, what is my mission? Right. <laughs> um, after Captain America Winter Soldier is the first Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014. And, you know, Star-Lord, Gamora, Drax, Rocket, Groot. And at the basis of that is they, uh, they have to fight Ronan the Accuser. Uh, is that the one? Trisha and I were talking about this yesterday, too. Is that the one where Nebula is also trying to kill Gamora? Yeah, I think that's the one where Nebula kind of turns and ends up because they both, you know, Gamora and Nebula in that one both reveal that they have a hatred for Thanos, who is their father. And I think this, speaking of Thanos, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is the first time we actually, like, fully see Thanos. Yeah. Because in the... Uh, it's the first time we hear about him. Well, no, first time we see him. We've seen him in the older ones, but this is the first time we actually, like, see him in the flesh. Did just, we hear about him in the older ones? Yeah, because there's a, I forget which one, but there's one with the after credit scene where you see, like, the side of his face. Oh, yeah, yeah, And then yeah, another yeah, one where you right, just right, right. hear his voice. But Guardians... The first Guardians of the Galaxy is the first one where you actually see him. Like, you see Thanos. The purple titan. Uh, following Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Now, honestly, I liked Volume 2 a lot more than I did Volume 1. Like, they're both really good, but I just really liked Volume 2. I prefer Volume 2, too, because I like Yondu. Well, Yondu's in the first one, but nope. Yondu, I really liked Yondu in this one. Yondu's in the second one. No, he's in the first one. He is in the first one. Is he in both? Yeah. You call yourself so Listen, I only saw the Guardians movie once, okay? Then you so, should know Yandu was in it. In which? Because it's the second one. Because the second one I remember because the second one involves Quill's dad. Mm. And Yandu says, I may not be your father, but I'm damn sure your daddy or something like that. No, he says, it's referring to uh, Eon, you know. Peter's actual dad. He's like, he may be your father, but you sh- he sure ain't your daddy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Basically, because in the first one... Because Yondu raised him, yeah, essentially. In the, in the first one, we kind of see Yondu as this, like, road person. You know, you're not supposed to think anything of him, really, that much. I mean, a lot of people like him, but he's not... It doesn't get that much attention in the first one, but <laughs> in volume like, two... You look like Mary Poppins. Who's Mary Poppins? Is he cool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's cool. cool. I'm, I'm Mary, Mary Poppins, Poppins y'all! y'all. But, yeah, Volume 2 is really, really focused on Yondu, and basically, you know, drive home that Yondu was a lot more of a father to Peter than, you know, Peter's actual father. Which is funny, considering he was supposed to kill him, or send him into slavery, or some shit. And also, side note, Peter Quill's dad is like an actual planet. Mm -hmm. And a huge dick. Yeah, played by Kurt Russell. Which... Again, and a huge dick. Yeah, because he ended up killing, he revealed to Peter that, because he told Peter this whole time that his mother just died unexpectedly, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, I care for her, blah, blah, blah. Not knowing, or not telling Peter that he actually killed his, you know, Like, oh, I actually put the tumor in her that killed her. He was like, oh, yeah, your mother died of a tumor, it was very sad, and then later movie, he's like, hey, psych, I'm the one that killed her. I'm the tumor. Oh, one thing I forgot to touch on, uh, let me go back up to it, talk about Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, I mean, all the movies, pretty much all these movies have a Stan Lee cameo, because Stan Lee's just, you know, 
a G like that. Stanley is Mr. Marvel himself. But Captain Marvel was the very last movie he cameoed in before he died. And it's it's actually a pretty a pretty sweet cameo because this is part where uh, Captain Marvel is going through this train trying to find a disguised scroll because they can disguise themselves. They just shapeshift. And one of the people's one of the people she looks at, she stops and looks at, is Stan Lee reading the script for Mallrats, which was the first movie he ever like cameoed in. And he looks up, he smiles, she looks down, she smiles, and I'm just like, stop it! But, uh, okay. So, moving on from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, which came out in 2015. And the whole thing with that is, I guess, Tony, Tony Stark wanted to, he had all these, like, extra suits or whatever, because he had, well, he had a bunch of, like, extra Iron Man suits for different occasions. But there was also this thing they were God, experimenting on. They, um, I think they actually get a hold of Loki's Scepter, which has the Space Stone, one of the six Infinity Stones. And they use it to try to figure out, uh, like, a special AI or something. Or they have to, like, I think, I think it's, they have to update, like, Jarvis or whatever, which is... You know, Tony's virtual assistant, basically. And at some point, they, uh... Oh, no, they get a hold of this, this AI, which later becomes Ultron, that ends up taking over one of the body, the suits in Tony's lab, and, you know, becomes Ultron. And they uh, do some experimenting later and end up, you know, using Jarvis... They have to figure out how to use Jarvis against this new AI. So Jarvis ends up getting turned into a, getting put into a, a robot body so that they can use it. And then that robot body with Jarvis in it becomes Vision. So this is the first time we actually see Vision. But I actually really liked Age of Ultron. I feel like I liked it a lot more than the first Avengers movie. Also in 2015, the first Ant-Man, which Paul Rudd did amazing. I love Paul Rudd. Like he, like Paul Rudd did as Paul Rudd does. And Paul Rudd, or Ant-Man is basically, uh, Stott Lane, working with a famous scientist, Hank, Hank Pym, who has this things he created called Pym Particles, which basically allow anything to shrink and grow at will. Uh, following Ant-Man is Captain America's Civil War. Now, in this one, basically... There's, they looked at all the damage that have been that has been done to places throughout all the rest of the movies, like you know from the first Avengers and all that shit. And they're like, all right, you know, we need to we need you guys to stop, or there needs to be regulations. And Tony's like, yeah, I'm on board with that. And Captain America's like, no, I'm not so sure. Like, we need to, you know, if there's ever a problem, we need to be on this. Which I kind of see where he's coming from because his biggest point was, what if we need to be somewhere and they don't send us? Yeah, and that's, I think that's Cap's whole thing. They're like, you know, he doesn't want to just be held back if something goes wrong. You know, he doesn't want to have to wait on uh, wait on somebody's word just to go save the world, basically. And so they end up splitting into two teams. There's Team Cap and Team Iron Man, and ultimately it ends with a fight between the two teams. Everybody else eventually starts to get along again, except for... 
Cap and uh, Tony, who end up in a like a final battle. Him, it's Captain America or it's Steve, Bucky and Tony. That well, end up... yeah, but at the same time, I kind of can't blame Tony for being for feeling the way he felt at the end of that too. I mean, if you found out that your that your friend's best friend killed your parents and he knew about it, like you'd feel some type of way too. I mean, I suppose I did that. But at the same time, like Steve said, you can't really blame him because he didn't know what he was doing. Like, he was brainwashed. Which is ultimate. And the whole thing is, uh, one of the big things in it is that Bucky gets framed for blowing up the UN, which kills the Tina Fortanda. And this, speaking of, you know, blowing up, you know, the killing the Tina Fortanda, this is, like, the first time we see, uh... We see, like, King T'Challa. We see Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Rest in peace, the legend. Uh, yeah, he did all that battling cancer. Yeah, he did all of his Jesus movies. Christ. Battling cancer. Like, what a G. We didn't deserve him. No, we did not. But, like, the movie ends with basically Stephen uh, Bucky going to this Hydra base to find out, like, okay, like, who was really behind this whole, like, blowing up the UN thing. And find out it's... Zemo, who we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. and Tony goes there to try to help him, but then Zemo, you know, the Flips devil that the he is, shows Tony a video, the surveillance video of his parents' death, you know, revealing that Bucky, you know, under the Winter Soldier program, or under the Winter the Soldier, Winter Soldier persona, killed basically, yeah, the Winter Soldier was responsible for Tony's death, but Tony only knows Winter Soldier and Bucky as, like, one person, so obviously he wants to destroy Bucky. Yeah, well, because and and because Steve tried to tell him like he was under Hydra's control or whatever, and Tony responds with, "I don't care. He killed my mom." Oh yeah. And it's like, well, technically, technically, yeah, he did, but like not really at the same time. Like it was his body, sure, but it wasn't his brain. Yeah. Um... And you can see in the clip too because he just ha- he's completely blank. Like there's no emotion on his face at all when he's like killing his tony's mom yeah like at the same time i get you know why tony felt the way he did i mean if you saw footage of like you know somebody killing your parents you'd probably go ape shit too i would fucking rage but also you see it kind of too when he kills howard because howard looks at him and says sergeant barnes and there's like nothing on his face no yeah oh yeah i forgot because howard Howard actually knows who bucky was yeah he knew him Next in the timeline after Civil War is Black Widow, which is the most recent one that came out. It came out this year, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen it yet because we haven't been in a theater, and I don't want to pay $30 on Disney Plus to watch it. Mood. But from what I understand, Black Widow basically goes into... I mean, if it's in the timeline after Civil War, then it deals with you know Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, doing something with her family between... Civil War, and the one that comes in the timeline after Black Widow, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, that was a great movie. No, I think we saw Spider-Man previously in Civil War. This is the first time we saw, like, Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But then Spider-Man Homecoming is Tom Holland's first, like, standalone one. Which, the main bad guy in that is the Vulture, played by Michael Keaton. Who is not shy to superhero movies. No. I mean, the man was the original Batman. Well... As far as, like, major movies, he was the first Batman. Homecoming was such a good movie. I had high (coughs) expectations for that one, and it hit every single box. It delivered. 
because the whole thing with this Spider-Man is he works very really closely with uh, Tony Stark. So basically, it's Iron Man training Spider-Man. After Spider-Man Homecoming comes Black Panther. And this is where we see, you know, the origins of T'Challa. We see him become Black Panther. And we see uh, him take on Tealmonder, who basically... I think that's the name of the villain, but... I thought it was his cousin or some shit. Yeah, I think... Well, cousin, quote-unquote. Well, yeah. But basically, it's Tealmonder trying to take over Wakanda because everyone thought that... Because they did, a, like, a fight to see oh, who... Michael B. Jordan. What a fucking specimen. They, like, did this, like, fight to the death to see who would take over Wakanda, and it looked... Basically, he sent uh, T'Challa over this waterfall to make it look like he died, and so he took over Wakanda, and then uh, T'Challa did some, like, searching... No, actually, he... I think he was dead. He was... Well, not, like, completely dead. He was dead in the same sense that Loki keeps dying. He was kind of dead, but not really. So they brought him back, he went back to Wakanda, and just wrecked shit. But, yeah, this is the first time we see, you know, Chadwick Boseman and Black Panther, you know, fully explore his Black Panther thing. Again, rest in peace, the legend. Uh, after Black Panther in the timeline comes Doctor Strange. Oh, Doctor Strange was fucking awesome, too. Now, obviously, but I love Benedict Cumberbatch. Like I've anything he's in, I've like. Yeah, I think the so the whole thing with Doctor Strange is that he uh, he was a he was a, he was surgeon. just a normal he was a Stephen Strange. He was just a normal surgeon. Then he yeah. got into a car accident and couldn't use his hands anymore. Like he just he had to quit surgery because he just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. But then he looked for ways to fix that, and he came across this like secret organization training place which then you know train him in the arts of magic and all that and, he and then became, he becomes the best sorcerer the world has ever seen he becomes a sorcerer supreme mm-hmm. and then gets a new home in the sanctum sanctorium and is the guardian of the eye of agamotto which contains the time, the stone. time stone which is another infinity stone did i skip over another infinity stone you skipped over all of them well i talked about the space one and then dr strange has the time one well, yeah, but, but the and the soul stone. Oh, so going back to Thor: Dark World, there's another another important thing in that is that's where we see the uh, reality stone in the form of the Aether, mm-hmm. which injects itself into the Aether, ja- whatever, into uh, injects itself into Jane Foster. So yeah, we got the reality stone from Thor: Dark World, uh, the space stone from Avengers. Uh, there's a stone in Guardians, too. Yeah, the Power Stone, I believe. Uh, Because Quill almost accidentally finds it. Yeah, Doctor Strange watches over the Time Stone. Uh, Also, kind of going back to uh, Age of Ultron, with the Mind Stone, I believe? Mm -hmm. The Mind Stone is embedded in Vision's forehead. Yeah. Next in the timeline, after Doctor Strange, is my personal favorite MCU movie of all time, Thor Ragnarok. Ragnarok was great. It was fantastic. So my third favorite. In this one, basically, we see uh, the MCU debut of Hela, which, if you know anything about Norse mythology, is, well, in the movie... They did her kind of dirty in the movie. In the movie, they say that she's Thor and Loki's sister, but in actual... In reality, she's Loki's daughter. Yeah, an actual myth... God damn it, I can't In say this In actual word. mythology. Thank you. 
He- yeah, Hela is actually Loki's daughter. And doesn't look anything like she does in the in, uh, Thor Ragnarok. No, Hell is a fucking badass. But Ragnarok in the title, you know, plays into it because they know uh, it's actually... A lot, of people, a lot of them are worried that Ragnarok is coming. Which, for those of you who don't know, Ragnarok is um, basically like the Norse apocalypse. It's the at complete destruction of Asgard. Yeah. And after Ragnarok, you're plunged into a hundred-year winter. I'm trying to think what <laughs> what happens in this one. Um, I think I don't remember if Thor gets sent to that one planet to fight or whatever, or he just goes there willingly. I think no, he crash lands there, doesn't he? Yeah, either that or Hela sends there. I don't remember what happens, but there's basically this planet. Now I forget the name of the planet too, but the main thing of the planet is that. There's this big coliseum where everybody goes and watches fights or whatever. And Loki ends up there, too. Yeah, Loki ends up there, too. But he gets the special treatment because he gets to hang out with... Yeah, uh, what's his name? The Collector? No, no not the Collector. The, um... The Grandmaster. Yeah, the Grandmaster. Played by motherfucking Jeff Goldblum. Motherfucking Jeff Goldblum is an actual <laughs> gift. Hi, Jeff Goldblum here for Jeff Goldblum Wafers. <laughs> yes, it's a friend from work. <laughs> Yeah, look so who Thor, Loki, look who it is. And Loki's like, I need to get off this planet. Thor gets thrown into this Coliseum because he has to quote unquote fight their champion, and the champion ends up being Hulk. Hulk. And Thor at first is really excited. Because he's like, Loki, look who it is! It's a friend from work. And Loki's like, I need to get off this planet. Because <laughs> Hulk Loki's just beat like, oh, the shit. crap out of Loki in the first Avenger movie. Yeah. But uh, in this also we find out that Bruce Banner actually has been the Hulk for, like, 13 years. Because I think he got sent to that planet after the events of Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. But it also obviously ends with, uh, you know, Ragnarok, because, what is it, Suter, I think is the big mm-hmm. thing. Ends up, you know... Because they try to stop Ragnarok, and then it gets to the end of the movie, and they realize, yeah, there's they're, no stopping yeah, it. Yeah, they realize, we like, have to let it no happen. Point. We just have to evacuate. We just have to get out of here. So Thor ends up using... You know, Hell is still a thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he ends up using the whole thing of Ragnarok and Suter to basically defeat her. And he's like, all right, you know, now that she's out of the way, we got to get everyone out of Asgard. And so, he loses his eye in Ragnarok, too. Yeah, Hela straight stabs up him in the stabs him in the eye. He, and this is where Thor actually, you know, becomes the god of thunder. Mm-hmm. Like, he learns to actually actively control his lightning. Oh my god, that scene was so awesome. And what I love about Thor Ragnarok is that there's a, you know, they get everyone on the ship and leave. And there's an after credit scene where you see everybody on the ship. And all of a sudden the shadow appears and it's Thanos' ship. Mm-hmm. So Because that leads directly into the beginning of yeah, Infinity War. Thor Ragnarok reads leads directly into Infinity War. But before we get to Infinity War in the timeline, after that is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Which, that was a good movie, too. Yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp, basically the Wasp, I think starts off as like a villain to him, but then becomes an ally. Mm-hmm. But one of the major things in there is, there's a, at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp, there's a scene where uh, Stalin has to go into the quantum realm to try to do some experiments. Mm-hmm. And he's like... After he's done, he's like, all right, I'm ready to get pulled out. And then no one answers. So we go to a shot of outside where everybody's, like, standing at the controls. 
turning to dust. Yeah, and there's like there's like nobody there. There's just dust. So that tells you that you know that tells us that like this happened pretty much at the end of the events of Infinity War. Because yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp leads directly into Infinity War. But it's weird. It's a good thing. Like it's almost perfect that he went into the quantum realm and whether or not he was stuck in there for five years but to him it felt like five hours had he not been there he could have turned to dust and then end game would have never happened because it was it was ant-man who brought it to tony stark like listen we can travel through time this is how we got to do it and then tony couldn't let it go and perfected it oh yeah because at first he was just like yeah that's bullshit like you can't just travel back to time but then he's like what if you could? Actually, <laughs> what if you could, though? And then in, um, yeah, because then it's an end game where he and Cap finally make up. Yeah, so, Amen and the Wasp, and then Avengers Infinity War, you know, from 2018. And that's basically, you know, Thanos full on just hunting down all the Infinity Stones with the Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the Infinity Gauntlet, I forget which movie. To wipe movie. out 50% of existence. I forget which movie it's in, but one of the end credit scenes actually sees Thanos get the Infinity Gauntlet. Because I think it's it was in Asgard. Mm, no, it was on the, the, the Forge. Was it on the Forge? Yeah, that's not in Asgard. But there's like an end credit scene, it's very short, where you see him grab the Infinity Gauntlet, and the last thing you hear him say is, fine, I'll do it myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Infinity War, basically, he hunts down all the Infinity Stones, and everybody tries to stop him, but ultimately, they fail, because he ends up getting all the Infinity Stones. By uh, He gets a Space Stone from, you know, the end of Thor Ragnarok, because he took over that ship, and he stole the, the, uh, the Space Stone from the Tesseract mm-hmm. from Loki. Ends up killing Loki. Like, right in front of Thor. Legitimately snapped his neck. <laughs> like, picked him up, choked him, and then just... <laughs> done. Right in front of Thor. Uh, which one does he get next? I th- feel like it's the reality stone. Mm-hmm. He just, yeah, he gets the reality stone next. Which... He gets the space, reality, soul... I thought Soul Stone was like the last one before... No, the last one he gets is the, is the uh, time stone. The Soul Stone is the third one. No, I thought the Soul Stone is the last one he gets before the Mind Stone. Like, before the last one. Because he, uh... I know he gets the Reality Stone from the Collector, which, uh, Star-Lord, Gamora, and Drax tried to stop him. But there was a whole thing before this, in the scene before this, where Gamora and Star-Lord were talking, and Gamora went up to, well, Star-Lord and basically said, you know, if Thanos gets a hold of me, I want you to kill me. Like, I want you to promise that you'll kill me. So when they do it, they get the keep try to keep Thanos from getting the Reality Stone. No, I think he already had two of them, if I remember right. Hold on, I'm looking. But when he gets the Reality Stone, well, basically he are, he had already grabbed the Reality Stone by the time they tried to stop him. And when Gamora attacks Thanos, she she quote unquote kills him, but it was all a hoax because Thanos, you know, is made that it. sadness I see, daughter. Yeah, he made the reality of whatever he wanted it to be. So he ends up taking Gamora with him. There's one I'm forgetting that I don't know how he gets, but to get the Soul Stone, him and Gamora go to, uh, what's the planet? Vormir, I think? Vormir, yes. 
But he yeah, goes to his planet, and when he's seeking the Soul Stone, he runs into Red Skull, who was the main villain in the first okay. time in America. I got it. You got it? He gets the... He gets the Power Stone from Xandar. So he already had the Power Stone at the beginning. So he gets the Power Stone, then the Space Stone, then the Reality Stone, then the Soul Stone, Time Stone, and then the Mind Stone. Okay, so you were right. Yeah, so he gets the Power Stone from Xandar, which I forget who that is, but the I think space, that's somebody in Guardians. The Space Stone from Thor's ship. From the Tesseract. The Reality Stone from the Collector. Where he takes Tamora. The Soul Stone from the former. Which... From Vormir. Vormir. Yeah, from which I was just t- touching on, because he runs into Red Skull, who was the main villain in the first Captain America, who, from the power of the Tesseract, the Tesseract actually rejected him and banished him to that planet where he guards over the Soul Stone. And he tells Thanos that in order to get the Soul Stone, he has to trade He has to trade a soul for a soul. So he ends up sacrificing Demora. Which, if Stone. you go back and you watch everything Thanos does, like, he really did care for Gamora. Yeah. Less so Nebula, but he did care for them both. Like, as much destruction as he wanted, he genuinely cared about, you know, So then he got family. the Time Stone from Doctor Strange, and he actually got that on Titan. Yeah, because it was Doctor Strange, Iron Man, uh, Star-Lord, Spider-Man, uh, Mantis, and Drax. They were all trying to stop him there. And, and then, they ultimately failed. And and then he got the Mind Stone from Vision in Wakanda. Because with the Time Stone, he was, you know, he was fighting Tony, and he was about to kill Tony. And Doctor Strange was like, wait, if you don't kill him, like, if I'll you spare you him, stone. I'll give you the Time Stone. Yeah. So, after he gets the Time Stone, he pieces out, and then it goes down to Wakanda, where Captain America and pretty much everyone else are fighting. And people, they fail to fend him off, but as he's... Because he's walking towards Vision, who is at this point very injured. And because Vision has the last stone he needs, the Mind Stone. And Vision turns to uh, Wanda, or Starlet Witch, and is just like, you have to destroy the stone before you can get it. Which ended up not mattering because Thanos just brought him back. Yeah, so she ends up breaking the stone. So you think everything's fine, but then Thanos is like, nope, I'm going to turn back time. And then takes the stone and then, you know... Now he's got all six stones. But then, just as he's about to do whatever, Thor comes out of nowhere with an axe to the chest. And you think, oh, okay, well, that's the end. And and Thanos looks at him and says, you should have gone for the head, and snaps his fingers. And just like that, half of all life on Earth was vanished. And then, after watching all these movies in order, the moment that cut me the deepest was when you hear Bucky say, Steve, and you turn around to see Bucky turn to dust. Or that, or once you start seeing everyone turn to dust, you see Groot turn to dust. And then Rocket flip out? Yeah, that was rough, too. Because Groot, before he vanishes, obviously says, I am Groot, which translates to a bunch of different things when he says it. But in that instance, when he says, I am Groot, he actually said, Dad. Because I wasn't sad enough. You could not live with your own failure. Where did that bring you? Back to me. thought by eliminating half of life, the other half would thrive. But you've shown me that's impossible. But going from Infinity War, we go into Endgame, which is basically everyone trying to correct what the what happened in I'm Infinity War. Go back to Infinity War for a hot second. I was watching um 
I was watching a an interview, well, not an interview, but like a panel that Sebastian Stan did. And they asked him about Infinity War. They were like, you know, how did you feel finding out that you were going to turn to dust or whatever? And he was like, well, I really didn't until we were shooting. And then one of his stunt doubles was like, yeah, so you're just going to walk over here and you're just going to fall and you're just going to, like, you know, you're turn to dust and disappear. Like, as they're filming, they're telling him this was going to happen. And he was like, so I asked the directors, I was like, so is this, like, it? Is this, like, it for the character? And he goes, the directors were like, I mean, no, but yeah, I mean, maybe, but like. <laughs> I mean, no. But yeah, yeah, but no, but, but no. like, and Bucky's yeah. like, okay, so am I dying, though? And they were like, well, I mean, kind of, like, what? And he was they like, so I didn't never give him a straight yeah, answer. Yeah, he was like, I had no idea at the end of filming whether or not I was coming back. And I was like, that would suck. <laughs> like, just to be like, okay, this might be it for my character here. So then, going on to Endgame, I guess after the defeat on Titan, it's... Only uh, Tony and uh, Nebula left, and they're actually drifted through space, and they're pretty much about to die, and then they get saved by Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. who brings them back to Earth, and then ultimately, meanwhile, you know, going back to Ant-Man, Scott Lang, you know, being in the quantum realm, gets, you know, thrown back out of it, but Finds a way out, yeah. Uh, after the five years, after Thanos yeeted everyone out of existence. Not everyone, just half of the world. Half the world. But, uh, yeah, he comes back down and he's like, what the hell happened? And ultimately, he's the one that ends up coming in and be like, hey, you know, I was in this place and we can use this to our advantage to try to fix everything. Because mm-hmm. they're going to go back in time and get all the stones. So, and then they realize that, like, if they go to the right year, three of the stones were in New York. But then they have, And then they have to get, you know, a whole team together, which kind of, I want to go back to the beginning of the movie. The beginning starts off with, you see uh, Clint Burton, a.k.a. Hawkeye, who was really not a huge deal in the movies up until now. You see him hanging out with his family, you know, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden his family just disappears. His wife and kids, yeah. Kind of going back into the middle of the movie, they get this whole, whoever's left gets this whole team together to try to fix everything. So it's Tony, uh, Black Widow, Captain America, Bruce, you know, Hawkeye, and then Thor. Thor's a little... <laughs> it's Fat actually Thor. funny. Because cause there's a part in the movie where they track down Thanos. Because kill him. he yeah. went to another planet to kind of hide from everything. And he has a fucking garden. Like, what? Yeah, he has a garden. And they track him down. And after some back and forth, Thor ends up chopping his head off. And Rock is just like, what did you just do? And Thor's just said, I went for the head. So, in his mind, he's, you know, beaten Thanos. There's nothing left. So, then later in the movie, when they get Thor to join well, their time travel team... Because, I mean, team, at that point, they had already realized that he didn't have the stones anymore. Later in the movie, when they get everyone back together for the time travel team, they find Thor in this place called New Asgard, which is actually located in a... It was a formerly Tonsberg, Norway. And they find Thor, basically, he's, you know, he's fat... Drunk, he's a fat drunk that just does nothing. Nobody we ever sees him again. We left something out when we were talking about Ragnarok, our favorite fucking character. Oh, Tord. <laughs> Hello, I'm Tord. Cord. The leader I around here. Fucking love Cord. I would not to be dramatic, <laughs> but I would die for Cord. Cord, and funny thing about Cord, uh, the guy who directed Thor Ragnarok. Uh, I never, I never, I'm never sure how to say his name. Taiki Watiti. Sure. He actually voiced Tord. So he's back. 
<laughs> in the end game when they find Thor again, it's Thor, Kord, and some other little creature. I don't remember what his name. But they're just hanging out. And Kord is playing Fortnite. New Master 69. Oh my god. If you don't log off this game, I will fly over there with a hammer and ram it up your butt. Go cry to your father, you little weasel. I love that movie so much. Um, that is an end game, by the way. An end game, yeah. So, one of the other things they do in end game when they're going back and doing all the stones. So they're basically splitting the teams, you know, because they can they can grab two of the stones in like two two. What year was it? Basically, the in 2012 they said three of the stones were in New York. Yeah, 2012, three of them were in New York, and then obviously they had they did the one from. Vormir, mm-hmm. the Soul Stone, and that was left up to Clint and Natasha, which is a very sad moment because obviously we saw in Infinity War that you have to sacrifice a soul for a soul, mm-hmm. and so Clint and Natasha have this whole back and forth thing. Like obviously, they want to sacrifice themselves. themselves, and Natasha's the one that ends up, you know, taking the leap, and so Natasha dies, or quote unquote. Yeah, because her whole thing was that. Actually, I don't think she's ever going to come back because they made it a huge deal that because she sacrificed herself for the Soul Stone that there's no way she's coming back. Well, not only that, but um, Scarlett Johansson is currently in a legal battle with Marvel, so... Yeah, I don't think she... (laughs) They flat out said she's not coming back. I mean, honestly, like, kind of sad to see her go, but she didn't do better. That whole sequence made me so sad because she's, like, trying to justify sacrificing herself by saying she was like you have a family like my own the avengers are my only family like i don't i was like the whole avengers team was her only family whereas clint actually has like a wife and kids yeah it's like your cat mochi oh <laughs> uh, what else so and then in 2012 new york they try to uh bruce bruce banner tries to get the uh time stone from you know, Doctor Strange, who isn't actually Doctor Strange at this point, and You're the about ancient... five years too late. Doctor Stephen Strange is performing surgery about a mile up the road. And the, well, meanwhile, Tony and uh, Captain, or and five years too early, Tony and Cap try to get the space stone from the Tesseract, and they almost succeed, but then they get kind of fucked up by past Hulk. Well, and I love how like. You see how much character growth is in Cap, because instead of fighting on the elevator, he just, like, leans in real close and says, Hail Hydra. Cause, well, because he knows what happens. Yeah, and then to get past himself, he has... So, past Cap has present Cap in a, in a chokehold, and he just says, Bucky is alive, and... Because he runs into old Cap, yeah. old Cap thinking that future Cap is, is Loki. Loki. So they end up fighting or whatever, and how future Cap ends up walking away is he tells past Cap that Bucky is alive. Bucky's alive. <laughs> and then and he, then he knocks him out and then he's laying there on his stomach. Past Cap he is looks like face down. down. Prison Cap looks down and goes, that is America's ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
my god. Because Ant Man said something about Cap having America's ass. Yeah, just well, that's Tony, America's ass, as far as I'm concerned. Well, just Tony was spying on uh, the past, you know, their past selves, you know, capturing Loki. Oh yeah, and he's like, that suit does nothing for you, or something like that. And then Scott was like, as Stout far as I'm like, concerned, as far as I'm concerned, that's America's, America's ass. <laughs> <laughs> but oh uh, no, just that with is America's ass. And with Endgame, you know, obviously. They get all the stones. They kind of recreate the Infinity Gauntlet with, you know, um, Iron Man technology. Yeah, his nanotech. And Hulk, uh, Bruce, a.k.a. Hulk. Well, he's professor. I should mention with Bruce in this one. I guess, you know, in the five years that everyone has been gone, uh, Bruce actually learned how to balance Bruce Banner and Hulk. So a lot of people call him Professor Hulk. Because basically he has the size and the look and the strength and everything. Of the Hulk, but with the mind of Bruce Banner. So he's basically he's able to be the Hulk without losing control and actually you know he could be Bruce Banner. Quote unquote hulking out. Without yeah, but towards the end of Endgame when they get all the stones and try to fix everything, uh, and say Hulk is the one that ends up doing it because he says that it's a lot of it's gamma radiation and obviously he knows more about it than anyone there. So he takes the the self-made Infinity Gauntlet, uses the stones, snaps, and gets everyone back. But the whole twist on this is that when they were coming back, uh, for, with the Power Stone, when they had to grab the Power Stone, it was Nebula and uh, Rhodey. Which fucked up that for them because as soon as Nebula got in, within the same distance, like past and present Nebula connected and Thanos figured everything out. Yeah, in that Almost past, immediately. I would say in the past, they, you know, yeah, what you just said. <laughs> so Thanos... Because there's a scene where they're triggering the memory of past Nebula. They're watching present Nebula talk to Rhodey. And then it, it, it pains her, Nebula, present Nebula. So she ends up laying on the ground and she's like, he knows, Thanos knows. And then she tries to radio, like, hey, we gotta get the fuck out of here, and can't. And that's so, when she's attacked by herself. <laughs> I us say, past Nebula ends up kind of taking over. Mm-hmm. So, meanwhile, past Thanos knows everything that's gonna happen. He knows that he succeeds in getting the stones. Mm-hmm. So he basically follows it to the future. So You couldn't live with your failure, and where did that lead you? Right back to me. Yeah, his ship attacks the Avengers compound, and... He summons his whole army and takes on uh, Cap, Thor, and Iron Man. And then eventually you hear Sam in Cap's ear. And then he says, on your left. And a portal opens and everybody, like all these portals start opening and everybody walks out. And it's it's this really heartfelt moment of like everybody coming back and coming together, putting everybody's differences aside to fight for the same cause. And then Captain sa- Cap says, Avengers, assemble. And they all just fucking attack. It's Which, one of my favorite scenes. The other major thing in this, we get to see Captain, or we get to see Cap wield Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, because he picks it up and Thor goes, I knew it! <laughs> Because you saw a little bit of that in uh, Age of Ultron, where they were just—they were just hanging out, and Thor just kind of challenges everyone to try to lift it. And nobody can, but Captain ends up like nudging it, like he doesn't fully pick it up. He like nudges it, mm-hmm. 
But yeah, in Endgame, we see Cap fully pick up the Well, and then hammer. at one point, he picks up Stormbreaker, too, and Thor's like, no, 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 you take the little one. <laughs> you take the little one. <laughs> Stormbreaker is mine. So they're fighting off Thor, uh, Thanos' army, which I will add that like when Scarlet Witch comes back, when Wanda comes back, she almost she almost kills him. Yeah, she like she she could have easily killed him if Thanos hadn't summoned uh what did he call Randfire. Mm-hmm. So he took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. She's like You will. She's like, You bout to <laughs> She's like you Bitch you bout to <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, I hope the fuck you do. So you know, a whole big fight ensues to try to keep the Infinity Dauntlet away from Thanos. He ultimately ends up getting it, but then Tony does like a last ditch effort. Because Doctor Strange before said, like, there's, a, like, a bunch of realities and there's only one where we win. Mm-hmm. But then Tony, Tony and, then and Doctor the, Strange have, like, So, a, he, Tony says to Doctor Strange, like, um, basically, like, how do we, how do we win or whatever? It, or is this the one? And Doctor Strange says, if I tell you, it doesn't, it won't happen. But then as he's, like, trying to do a spell, he just kind of slowly closes all his fingers and holds up one when he's looking at Tony. And Tony's like, all right, but... Which, well, I shouldn't ruin it right now. So basically, Thanos has the Infinity Stones and he tries to do the snap, but then Tony does the last that Jeff to try to rip him off. Mm-hmm. But then he, Thanos like throws him away, and there's the infamous line where, you know, the music gets all dramatic, and Thanos says, I, I am, am inevitable. inevitable. And then he does a snap, and then nothing happens. He's like, what the fuck? And then it goes to a shot of Tony, and he has all the Infinity Stones. And he looks at Thanos, and he's like, and I am Iron Man. Man. And he snaps. Basically eradicating all of Thanos' army, but also killing Tony. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in this movie, Tony Stark dies. Which, you know, he couldn't... And he could be dead forever. He could not be. You know, it's Marvel. The the the, th- the, har- the hardest part about that whole scene is when Peter runs up to him after Peter the Peter Parker, fact- not Peter Twill. Yeah, Peter Parker runs up to him after work Spider-Man. and says... We did it, Mr. Stark. We won. Or we won, Mr. Stark. Something like that. And I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> I, I cried the entire time I was watching Endgame. The whole time. I just cried. All of it. I think I want to change I'll change my mind. My favorite is not Ragnarok. My favorite is definitely Endgame, then Ragnarok. So my favorite movies are The Winter Soldier, Civil War, Ragnarok, Infinity War and Endgame in that order. I think Endgame is definitely like if I could just watch five Marvel movies and that's it for the rest of my life, those would be my five. Like if I had to choose between Infinity War and Endgame, Endgame's definitely my favorite. But yeah, Endgame, you know, obviously. I also hate how dirty Marvel does, Bucky. No. Because first of all, he fucking falls off a trip. First of all, he goes to war, right? Gets kidnapped by by Hydra. And gets experimented on because that was where the Winter Soldier program started. Was back in 1942 or whatever it was. Because when Steve finds him strapped to that table, mumbling the words, he's mumbling the, his code words. Like they already, they've already brainwashed him at this point. Oh yeah. So like he was fucked from day one, right? So Steve rescues him, kind of snaps him out of it or whatever. Then. Then he falls off a train. Loses an arm. <laughs> loses an arm, almost dies. Wakes up on an operating table watching his fucking shoulder get sawn, sawn off. Then he wakes up again with a metal arm. He's brainwashed further and then 
frozen. <laughs> and then 70 years later, well, not 70 years, because he's been like reigning terror for 50 years, which I did not know. But watching all these movies again, I've kind of put it together. They thawed and froze him several times. Like, they basically just unfroze him because they needed to kill somebody and then threw him right back into the cryo. Yeah. And I was like, how are you going to do my, how are you going to do him like that? Just, so then, how are you going to do my body like that? And then, when he comes out of cryo the last time, because the guy was like, prep him, because they were going to, he was going to throw him back in, and they were like, nah, he's been out too long now, like, we can't. Yeah. So then, they scramble his brain again. And then he goes through, then he, then you go through Winter Soldier. So you mm. go through all that, right? And then at the end, he's kind of like, okay, I'm not the Winter Soldier. And then, because at the end, is it is it the end of the movie or the end credits where you see him, like, looking at the plaque of himself? Yeah, because he's standing in the museum, like, looking at all the stuff. And then he turns and he sees, like, Sergeant James Buchanan Barnes and like his whole thing and all his pictures and everything and he's kind of like you can kind of Relearn see like who he is. recognition a little bit right so then then he goes on the run and then he goes to Bucharest or wherever he ends up and then mm. at the beginning of Civil War that poor bastard's just trying to buy some fucking plums like that's all he's trying to do he's trying to buy some plums He's just trying to buy some plums, and he just okay. framed for he's a fucking living his best UN life. explosion. He gets framed for bombing the UN. Then he goes back to his apartment and sees Steve, and literally comes face to face with his past. Right. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, because you can see on his face, he was like, I don't know. Like you can see in his face when Steve was like, "Do you know who I am?" And he's like, "You're Steve. I read about you in the museum." Like you can see that he's lying. You can see that he remembers. He knows exactly who Steve is. He knows exactly what he's done. You know, like he knows all of it, right? So then you go through Civil War. He's like, and you can see if you watch cues like throughout the whole movie, you can see him like kind of look to Steve to like, I don't know if I'm worth it. Like I don't know if it like. Just let me go, right? And then even when he's in the thing with Zemo and he's starting to, like, say the words, like, the code words, you can see the panic set in because he knows what's about to happen. Yeah, that's why he starts punching the thing he's in because he's trying to escape it. Yeah. And he doesn't he doesn't want it to happen. So then he gets reactivated because then he falls <coughs> out of the thing and Zemo says, soldier, and he stands up and says, ready to comply. And he's just completely blank. Mm-hmm. Right? So then you go through all the events of... Civil War. At the end of Civil War. By the way, Steve, you know, Captain or Cap kind of fixes the whole super soldier thing by knocking his ass out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, one hundred percent. That's how to fix a killer. You just knock him out. Just bah, knock him out real quick. So then, at the end of Civil War, Cap and the Falcon are on the run, right? Mm-hmm. And they bring Bucky to Wakanda. And Bucky makes the decision that, like, I have to go back under. Like, I don't trust my own brain. Like, I, until they can get out what Hydra put in me, like, I have to go back under. It's the best thing for everybody. So then he gets unbrainwashed. Yeah, because the Dormelage train him to not, you know, not fall under the same programming again. Right. And there's a really sweet scene where the, I think it's the leader of the Dormelage. She's in this cave with Bucky, and poor Bucky doesn't have an arm. Like at the end of when, at the end of Civil War, like 
Iron Man like blasted through his arm. Like he's he just he lost his arm all over again. Mm-hmm. And which is actually fine because his vibranium arm is so much better. It's an upgrade. Um, but so then there's this really sweet scene where she says, "Are you ready?" And he was like, "I don't know if I'm ready or I I can't do this or something." And she's like, "I won't let you hurt anybody." And she repeats the words. Like, she tries to reactivate him as the Winter Soldier. And he does it. And he just starts crying. And she's like, you're free. You're finally free. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, smiling. But he's just, like, bawling. So then they undo that. And then he's just living his best life just on a farm. He has a farm. Like, he has potatoes and, you know, all this. And then they come to him. And they're like, yeah, so we made you this arm. And he was like, where's the fight? Like, he knows. And then... And that's how we know he has to... That leads into the whole Infinity War thing. Yeah, so then... At the end of Infinity War, they fight, they fight, they fight, they fight, they fight. And then, he's the first one to turn to dust. Like, how are you going to do him so dirty like that? (laughs) How are you going to do that? And then in... So then, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the six-part series or whatever it was... He says to his therapist, he was like, I've gone my whole life going from one fight to another. Like, first it was World War II, then it was Hydra, then it was, you know, whatever. And he was like, I only knew peace in Wakanda. And I was just like, they did you so dirty. Well, by the end of Fighting Winter Soldier, he definitely has, well, peace for now. Oh, 100%, yeah. Well, and he, At least until the next Captain America movie. Well, and he, like, he and Sam got really close, which I think was a good thing, because they kind of started to form a bond at the end of Endgame. You could kind of see that they were, which is hilarious, because in Civil War, Sam actually says to him, I hate you. <laughs> you couldn't have done that earlier. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> But, like, they're slowly becoming buds at the end of um, Endgame. And then Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like, there's contention there. But, like, eventually Bucky's like, okay, well, I'm going to go with you on this mission because, like, I'm just going to go with you. And then throughout that whole thing, they start to become, like, friends. And then towards the end of it, they are really, like, friends. But I was thinking about that. And I don't know why I was thinking about it. But I, I was just like, they really did Bucky dirty. Like, that poor guy has just been through the ringer. <laughs> like, from the first, like, from Captain America on. They were just like, fuck this guy in particular. <laughs> it was like Reed in fucking Criminal Minds. Like, the writers were like, how can we make this pipe cleaner with eyes more? <laughs> how can we fuck him up more? How can we stuff him full of more trauma? Oh, look, the most adorable and innocent character in this whole series. How can we fuck with him? Right, like... Yes, going on from Endgame, the last one, at least in this list that I have, is Spider-Man Far From Home, which obviously is after the events of Endgame, and in the beginning of it, it's Peter Parker dealing with, you know, the death of his mentor, his best friend, Tony Stark, and the uh, main villain in it is Mysterio, or Quentin Beck, who ultimately just, you know, can shift around, he's like a master of illusion, Oh, he did Peter Parker dirty at the end of that movie, too. Yeah, at the end of it, like, I mean, the actual, like, the end is him defeating Mysterio, and then the end credit scene is uh, Quentin Beck coming on the screen in Times Square, 
and being like, hey, Spider-Man's about to kill me. By the way, Spider-Man is actually Peter Parker. And by the way, he's calling the bombs. When in reality, he was like, no, call it off, call it off. Yeah, he not only framed Spider-Man for all these crimes and like murder and stuff, but also revealed his identity. So the next Spider-Man movie is going to be interesting. Dude, I... Did we watch that together? No, Far From Home? Yeah. Uh, we may have. Because I think I remember at the end of it looking at you and we were both just like... <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, wide-eyed, mouth agape. Like, ah... Uh... What just happened? But then that covers all the movies in the timeline. And then after all the movies in the timeline comes uh, the Disney Plus series. So we got WandaVision. Loki. Yeah, WandaVision, Loki, and Falcon. Well, was it WandaVision, Loki, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier. But WandaVision, it's basically Wanda Maximoff not being able... So she went into uh, the S.W.O.R.D. headquarters, which is... Uh, uh, extension of S.H.I.E.L.D. wanting to see Vision's body. Well, technically body. it replaces S.H.I.E.L.D. because technically speaking, S.H.I.E.L.D. was disabled in Winter Soldier. Yes. So she goes in because she knows they have Vision's body and Vision died. Obviously Vision didn't come back in Endgame. So Wanda's like, I want to see his body. And she finds out they were actually experimenting on him. So she, you know... Instead of destroying the place, like she normally she would have. She has a psychotic breakdown, and... <laughs> she goes into this random town in uh, New Jersey where, I guess, Vision left a note for her. And she just has a she just has a breakdown. But her breakdown, because of her powers, ends up creating this alternate reality around this little town. And she in this reality, she recreates Vision. And each episode kind of is themed around a different era of TV. Like, the first one is, like, the whole, like, 50s, like, I Love Lucy type thing. Mm-hmm. And then it eventually goes, you know, evolves into, like, 2000s. And that's where we see, like, the end of everything. And she comes to terms with everything. And she becomes, officially becomes a Starlet Witch. And ultimately ends up actually creating an alternate vision. Like, not her vision, but, like, S.W.O.R.D. actually wanted to create a vision to try to kill Wanda. But alternate reality vision ended up changing his mind so now there's like a different vision out there which a lot of people have theorized that because this vision is like he's like all white and stuff a lot of people theorize that that vision is going to become silver surfer so i guess we'll see what happens with that wasn't silver surfer a villain though uh kind of i guess depends on where you look silver surfer was a was the villain in uh one of the fantastic four movies that's not related to the MCU at all. God, I hated those movies. But in one of them, the villain was Silver Surfer. But That's towards the I end, thought. towards the end, it becomes like an ally, basically. The other ones in here are Loki, which oh, Loki was so good. So if you remember from Endgame, when they were trying to get the Tesseract, uh, they ended up dropping it, and past Loki ends up grabbing the Tesseract and piecing out of there. And in the Loki series, we actually see what happened to him. Like, he ends up on this other planet, but then gets captured by the TVA, which is an organization that supposedly, quote-unquote, protects the sacred timeline. Um, fuck the TVA. Just throwing that out there. Because basically there's one one sacred timeline, and anything that branches off from that, the TVA kind of steps in and is like, hey, knock it off. But by the end of it, everything, obviously all the different pathways go 
you know, branch off because, you know, shit goes down. And I think that's why in the next phase of Marvel movies we're going to see the multiverse. <laughs> it's Loki's fault. Because, well, technically it's Sylvie's fault. Well, yeah, Sylvie. Because there's these uh, variants of Loki from different, like, universes or multiverses. Like, and the main one you are with throughout the whole movie is a female version of Loki called Sylvie. And speaking of variants of Loki, there's one point where Loki gets pruned, which basically puts him at the edge of time, mm-hmm. or like the end of time. And there is where he meets other Lotis that got pruned. There's like a young, there's like a kid one that's like a king. There's like an old man one. There's a big, huge, like Wakandan one. And an alligator. Just a straight up alligator. What's an alligator doing here? He's a Loki. <laughs> alligator Loki. But yeah, well, but I like that. Um, I like that they kind of like tie in. So, in Ragnarok, there's a scene that I guess was totally improvised by Chris Hemsworth. Well, he was talking about one time when they were kids. Loki tried to kill him, and he's like, he knows how much I love snakes, so he turned into a snake when I went to go rescue it and investigate or whatever. He was like, ah, surprise, it's me, and then he stabbed me. <laughs> well, obviously, our Thor survived that, but. In Loki, the kid that's the president, Loki asks him, like, what was your Nexus event? And he turns around and he says, I killed Thor. So, probably in that Loki's universe, he actually killed Thor there. When he stabbed him, yeah. Probably. I'm assuming so. But then the kid, like, the more you talk about it, the more he talks about it, you realize that he didn't mean to kill Thor. Like, well, he did, but he didn't. Like, he didn't think he was going to. And it was one of those things where when he realized he actually did kill Thor, he, like, regretted it immediately. Also, one of the best parts of Loki is uh, the car- character Miss Minutes, voiced by the wonderful Tara Strong. Uh, Although she's creepy as fuck. Right. <laughs> um, but besides Loki, there's uh, Falcon War Soldier, which we already talked about. Follow the... Which I'm rewatching <laughs> for the second time because I love it so much. Follow the misadventures of Sam and Bucky. And we get to see Sam Wilson become the new Captain America. Cap. Because at the end of Endgame, basically, Steve, when he went to, when he, at the end of the movie, when he went to return all the Infinity Stones, after he returned them, he went back in time to be with Peggy, and he spent his life with Peggy. Allegedly. Oh, allegedly. There's a theory that he actually went back in time and married Bucky's sister, and that's why he won't talk about it, because Bucky's standing not too far behind Sam and Cap, and Sam says, you want to tell me about her? And Steve says... When he sees the wedding ring. Yeah, he yeah. sees the wedding ring and says, you want to tell me about her? And Steve says, no, I don't think I will. It's implied, it's implied that, that, he that he married Peggy. Married Peggy. But I feel like at that time, because she made... she made, At the end of... um, Or what movie was it where they interviewed her or whatever, and she said something about S- Steve saved... 4,000 soldiers that day, including the man who would become my husband. So maybe she was already married hmm. when he went back. That could be. I mean, we just saw them dancing. We don't know what that was. But, uh, yeah. I'm almost wondering if that, you know, him dancing with Peggy there, whether he married her or not, caused like an alternate timeline. Well, it was a Nexus event. So and speaking of alternate timelines, another series that you guys should definitely watch if you're a Marvel fan is the one that just came out, uh, what, what If? If. 
which basically different episodes explore like stuff that happens in different universes. Like, what if this happens instead of this? Like, the first episode is what if Peggy Carter took the Super Soldier Serum instead of Steve Rogers? Just what happens in that? What the different? What happens in that universe is that in the events of the first Captain America when they're in that room and. Somebody asks uh, Peggy a question, like, wouldn't you be more comfortable up in the booth? Whereas in the first half of the American movie, she says, oh, yes, and then walks up there. But in the first episode of What If, it explores the universe where instead of going up there, she says, no, I'm good down here. So then the Hydra agent that, you know, sets off the bomb in there is actually, like, right by the, right by the whole experiment and ends up destroying most of the lab. And, you know, killing some, a couple people, shooting Steve, not killing him but injuring him and Howard Stark and uh, this other guy is like you know we only have enough power you know if we don't do this experiment now we're going to lose it forever so Petty steps in and takes the super soldier serum so she becomes like Captain America or Captain, Captain Carter, Carter. Uh, in the second episode I just watched I don't know I, I don't know if you've seen it all yet but no, the second episode explores uh, what if uh, T'Challa became Star-Lord instead of, you know, Peter Quill. Wait, go back up. What? They're all still in the second one? Well, not in, necessarily in the second one. Well, he is for sure. I don't know about uh, Tom Hiddleston. What is he in the second one? Sebastian Stan? Yeah. Oh, he's in the first one. Oh. I was he's like, that doesn't make episode. any sense for him to be in Guardians. Yeah, so another thing with What If, some of the episodes have some of the MCU actors reprising their roles, like, as far as voice acting. Like, in the first one, because it's take place in the, you know, Captain America timeline, uh, Sebastian Stan voices Bucky. I am obsessed with that man. But, I love uh, him. Like, as of recently, the second episode of What If, that just came out recently, explores if, uh, T'Challa, instead of becoming Black Panther, became Star-Lord because Yandu, I guess, sent his dunes to capture a kid in order to train him to be a, you know, like a thief or whatever, or like a, a ravager. And instead of taking Peter Twill, they take T'Challa off of Wakanda. And what threw me off on this is that Thanos, Thanos is in this, voiced by Josh Brolin, and he ends up kind of being a good guy in this. I'm like, so, if T'Challa became Star-Lord, Thanos never destroys, never, you know, deletes half of humanity? Well, yeah, but it's just like in the first one, if Peggy Carter took the super serum instead of Steve, like, she saved Bucky from falling from the train, so he wouldn't have been kidnapped by Hydra the second time, therefore the Winter Soldier never would have existed. Yeah, and technically Steve became the first Iron Man because Howard designs a big, big ass suit for him. Yeah. One thing with the end of the second episode of What If, you get to see uh, kind of the ramifications of this. Like, since T'Challa is now Star Lord, like what happened with Peter Quill? So it goes to like a, <laughs> it goes to a Dairy Queen where he's working as a janitor, and you hear somebody come in and he's like, "Sorry, we're closed," and then. It's this guy, it's Eon, it's Kurt Russell, you know, as Peter's dad. And he's like, don't you have time for your old dad? So basically, because T'Challa became Star-Lord, now Peter Twelve is stuck on Earth just not knowing anything. And then Eon finds him, so we assume that because Eon finds him first, that will lead to, you know, catastrophe. Oh, uh, yeah. Because he doesn't, you know, Peter Twelve at this point knows nothing of, like, the Guardians and everything. He could I be. am so 
fucking excited for Captain America 4. Yeah. Because my boy's going to be Cap. But with then, got any more to say on the Marvel? I guess in conclusion, what's your favorite? Well, you already listed them off, but what's your favorite? Like, if you had to pick one MCU movie. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) If you had to pick one. Um, if I had to pick one, probably Civil War. Civil War? Mm Mm-hmm. I would probably pick Endgame. That, (sighs) Civil War... See, an Endgame was like a close, close for me, but Civil War probably because it has some of my favorite lines in it. I think, well, that and Infinity War. Just... And because, well, it, it has my, some of my favorite lines. It has my favorite. It follows one of my. It follows my favorite character, but it also like you learn so much more about the whole Winter Soldier program, and like mm-hmm. the why of it all. Not just his drips. This was Sebastian Stan. I am one hundred. I'm not even going to deny that. I'm obsessed with him. <laughs> I love him. But, uh, yeah, no. I guess, in conclusion, Marvel's great. Actually, I think it's more of an obsession with Bucky Barnes, and Sebastian Stan just happens to be the actor that plays him. <laughs> if I really think about it, I think that's what it is. I was say, I guess, in conclusion, Marvel's a great series. Or Marvel has some great movies. Go watch them. Listen, there's a TikTok sound that's like, that motherfucker don't miss. Even in the heat of battle, he don't miss. Yes, as you've previously quoted. That's Marvel. Marvel don't miss. They, they really don't, don't miss. They're fantastic. And the the fucking attention to detail that they put in all these movies, like the whole I love you 3000 thing, genius. Right, and there's so many like YouTube videos of like, you know, breaking down different parts of a movie. Like I've been really watching, I've been watching a lot of those recently, like breakdowns of different movies and mm-hmm. like the series. But I guess with that, that'll conclude this episode on Marvel. We are, God, we're at an hour and 36 minutes. I was going to say, yeah, it's 11 o'clock. I was going to say, this is the, probably the longest one. And we both have to work tomorrow, so we should maybe wrap it up. Uh, I'm just going to wrap it up. Don't rush me, Caitlin. Jesus. <laughs> but yeah, this will be our episode on Marvel. Uh, what are you guys' favorite superheroes or MCU movies? Let me know on social medias all the links will be in a, there will be a link tree in the description you know click on that everything's right there you know click on stuff click here click there click everywhere uh, also in the description also in the description you know as always the voice message link and also like to support this podcast you know there are many ways you're supporting. There's, you know, obviously the financial one if you click on the link, but also you can also just share this around. Just, you know, tell your friends and family about this. Anything really helps. You know, I appreciate any support we get. Uh, but yeah, with that, you know, we're gonna call tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, this long ass episode. Uh, hope good you guys, night and good luck. Yeah, hope you guys have a good night, morning, day, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, drink plenty of water, stay hydrated, get vaccinated, wear your mask, and as always, I will see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.